0: This coming Saturday, we have a ladies' meeting here at the church at 1030. Amen. So uh, you should have uh, read a book by now. If not, you got a few days to read it. But uh, please bring your book and this Saturday at 1030 here at the church for a great time of fellowship and getting together. Amen. And um, Monday morning, tomorrow morning, we got the men's prayer beginning at 4. Uh, for the men, you can get some time in before, the, before work. As we gather together for that, Amen. And so, um, without any uh, further ado, we wanted to have our our speaker come. It's, his name is Tyler Sullivan. He's a, a good friend of mine that I met a few years ago uh, in our. Um, as he was, he still is the youth president of the Western District when I was youth president of Florida, and so we got to meet together and um, been great friends ever since, Amen. And so. Um, I told him you guys, you guys get with a preacher and uh, you amen him and all this stuff. And so he's, he's ready. So I don't want you to let me down today. Will you get with him today? <laughs> amen. <laughs> Sullivan. Oh, Kids' church can be dismissed. You don't want to be here for this.
1: On that note, everybody said praise, the Lord. praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. It's an honor to be here in beautiful, sunny South Florida. Uh, this is South Florida, right? Southwest Florida, okay. And um, when I left uh, California, I thought California was beautiful, but I uh, looked around as I was driving. I got here late last night and looked around as I was driving this morning. What a beautiful, beautiful area. It is, y'all are so blessed, and uh, my, somebody told me that it's going to get cold, it's going to get, you know, 55, and I just, I said, wow, okay, and uh, yeah. <laughs> something to shout about right there, but I uh, am honored to be here today in this beautiful, what a beautiful church and beautiful uh, facility and congregation. And uh, goodness, to be with the Locks, my good friends, and uh, appreciate their friendship very, very much. We go back a ways. Um, We were talking about it last night. I can't remember how many years. But um, it's it's good to be with them today. And you all are so blessed. I will say that you all are very, very blessed to be able to have church and to be able to gather like you do we, we we can't even have thanksgiving in california you know and so everybody's all under these emergency orders and all this other stuff and uh everybody's hiding out during thanksgiving but we had a we had a great thanksgiving uh back home but it's it's so i really do mean it when i say i'm glad that i can come to the house of the lord because really it, it is a blessing it is, it is a blessing to be able to come to to church. You all are very blessed, and uh, I'm blessed to be here today. I'm going to try and sing uh, before I preach today. Go ahead and start it whenever you all are ready back there. I had this song on my mind as I was on my way over here uh, this morning. Amen. Amen. And uh, thank you for your kind hospitality and all of your uh, friendship. Amen. Give me a little bit more monitor in that music if I could. In Christ alone will I glory. Though I could pride myself in battles won. I've been blessed beyond measure. And by his strength alone I overcome. I could stop and count successes Like diamonds in my hands But those trophies could not equal To the grace by which I stand In Christ alone I place my trust And find my glory in the power of the cross. In every victory, let it be said of me, my source of strength, my source of hope, is Christ alone. Christ alone will I glory, for only by His grace I am redeemed, and only His tender mercies could reach beyond my weakness to my needs. And now I seek no greater honor than just to know it. my gains, as law says, to the glory. source of strength my source of hope is Christ alone alone. my source of strength my source of hope is Christ Amen. How many know if it wasn't for the Lord, where would we be? If it wasn't for God, it was on our side. Where would we be today? Amen. Amen. It's not by strength, it's not by might, but it's by His Spirit today. And it's by His Spirit we're going to overcome. Amen. Somebody said amen. 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 Will you stand with me one more time and go into the Word of the Lord, John chapter 11. Once again, appreciate my friends, the locks, great leaders great pastors, great preachers, great friends. Love and appreciate them today very, very much. Amen. Amen. John chapter 11 and verse number 1, it reads this. Now, a certain man, everybody say a certain man, was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days in the same place where he was. Amen. Let's preach for a while this morning with the help of the Holy Ghost on, on the fourth day. On the fourth day. Amen. Will you lift your hands again? We ask the Lord to help us today. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we're thankful for your presence in this place. I feel your spirit moving. I feel the undercurrent of your spirit right now. Pray, oh God, that you would do what only you can do. Touch the brokenhearted today. Increase somebody's faith. Feel somebody with the Holy Ghost today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The story from which we are taking our passage today is only recorded in the Gospel of John. The other Gospels do not paint this picture and this portion of the life of Jesus. It is right before the Pharisees begin their plot to kill Jesus and right after he has told his disciples and followers that they should know that the Father is in me and I in him. Essentially reaffirming to them again the revelation that there are not three in the Godhead, but that he was God manifest in the flesh. How many are thankful you know who you're serving today? Amen. I don't have to call on three gods. I don't have to call on a montage of different, personas when I need help or I need something or I'm in trouble. I can call on Jesus Christ because he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. He is the author and the finisher. He is everything. And when I say the name Jesus, I know anything can happen. Amen. Amen. I when I say the name Jesus, I know that a miracle can take place. I. I can be healed in my body. I can be healed in my spirit. My mind can be touched. And, amen. So I'm thankful I have a name above every name that I can call on this morning. And Jesus is reaffirming this to them. And the Pharisees are angry at him, and they try and take a hold of them. And Jesus escapes from their grasp. And the next thing we read in the book of John is the beginning of the story of Lazarus. The setting for the story is in Bethany, where his dear friends Mary and Martha and Lazarus live. And Jesus frequented this house and this city because the Bible says he loved them. He loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And the Bible says it was Mary who had anointed the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. And we read about Jesus coming to this house before when he had rebuked Martha and told her that she was worried too much and that Mary had found the good part. How many want to find the good part today? She had found the good part by sitting at Jesus' feet and hearing the words of the Lord while Martha's running around and Martha's doing this and doing that. Mary knew that the good part was getting to where Jesus was and listening to what Jesus is saying. Because when Jesus speaks, anything is possible. And she found the good part. And I guess that if you've been rebuked by Jesus and he still loves coming to your house, then he really must like you. And he did. He really did. He had a special relationship with these three people so much so that when Lazarus falls ill, Mary and Martha send word to Jesus telling him, Jesus, uh, the one you love is sick. Uh, Jesus, Lazarus is now dying. And Jesus receives this word and immediately speaks a powerful word of faith to them. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And he speaks this powerful word of faith. And and praise God, don't you love when God speaks something and you know it's going to be all right? Amen. Don't you love when the pastor says something and you know, okay, I got my word. I've been praying for my word and I got it today and I just know everything is going to be alright. I know. I got my word from the Lord. I, I got I got a word from the Lord. And, and you get all excited. I, I got my word I've been waiting for and Jesus said it's going to be alright. Maybe some of you need a word like that today. Maybe some of you need a word of faith today that's going to reassure you that everything is going to be alright. And Jesus hears that Lazarus is sick, but after he speaks this word, he does something totally opposite of what we would expect. The Bible Bible doesn't say that Jesus rushed to Bethany. The Bible doesn't say that he dropped everything that he was doing. He just stopped. It doesn't say that he put everything to a halt. And he stopped everything and said, let's go, disciples. No, he didn't get into a rush and go to where the problem and the issue was. But instead, after he had received the news and the Bible said he spoke the word of faith, he abides in the same place for two days. Now, wait a minute, Lazarus. The one you love is dead deathly sick and you just said that this sickness isn't unto death but it's for the glory of God and now you're just sitting here playing checkers with your disciples after you just spoke this powerful word of faith you're just going to sit here and do nothing? And he didn't rush to Bethany to try and fix the issue. He didn't rush to where the problem was to try and fix it. But the Bible said he stayed there. He did not move. He abode. His priority was to abide at that moment. Simply abide in that place. Now, now hear me, sometimes abiding may not seem like a needed or a desired priority. Especially when it seems like everything is going wrong. When it seems like everything is chaotic. When it seems like nobody has an answer, Bishop, to what is happening. Nobody knows what's going on. And, it, and it sometimes abiding, that's, that's, that's what we, we, we don't want to do sometimes when we don't understand something. In Matthew 13, 24, Jesus tells the parable of the wheat and the tare. He said, "...the man had sown good seed in his field." But when he slept, the enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat. And so that when the wheat came up, so did the weeds. And his servant comes to him. Jesus is telling the story, this parable. The servant comes to him and asks the master if he wants them to pull up the weeds out of the land. Master, somebody, while while we slept, somebody came in and sowed tares among the wheat. And somebody came in, and now all of a sudden, man, The wheat is coming up, but so are the weeds. And what do we do? Do you want us to go ahead and pull up the weeds? And the master looks at the servants and tells them, No, just leave them alone. Because if you pull up the tares, you're also going to pull up the wheat. And when harvest time comes, here's what you do. You just pull them both up and then gather the wheat together and the tares together. And you put the wheat in my barn, but you go and burn the tares. But if you pull everything else up now, you're going to pull the whole harvest up. So just leave it alone and abide. And at the end, there's going to be a harvest And as people, our flesh often wants to get in and fix things and do it our way and fix the issue instead of standing still and knowing that he is God. And that's where a lot of time we get into trouble and mess everything up because a lot of the time our priorities are not his priorities. And Jesus is saying, wait. But your flesh is saying, go. Even in our country right now, it just seems like all we can do is abide. Nobody has the answers. Nobody knows what's going on with the virus. Nobody knows what to do next. It just seems like we're abiding and we don't know what to do. And Jesus sometimes has to just tell us, you need to wait a little bit. You may not understand it. You may not know what's going on. But I'm doing something that I'm going to get some glory for at the end of this. One of the hardest things the children of Israel had to do in the Old Testament was to march around the city of Jericho every day without saying a word or without shooting an arrow, without throwing a spear. They had just came over into the promised land, and now they're marching around Jericho. What do you mean we're not supposed to shout? What do you mean we're not supposed to say a word? What do you mean? No, 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 your orders are just to march. But aren't we supposed to be fighting Joshua? Aren't we supposed to be conquering Aren't we supposed to be winning? No, because in order to conquer your adversary, you first got to conquer yourself. Or else you're going to wind up in the middle of a battlefield dead doing something crazy. Hear me, the battle of Jericho was more about defeating the Israelites' ego than it was conquering the city. And God is teaching them that if you're going to conquer the promised land, you're going to do it my way. You think it ought to be done this way. You think it ought to happen that way. You think it ought to take place like this. No, 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 no. But I'm going to win this battle my way. I'm going to do it my way. And so and so Jesus hears about Lazarus being sick and abiding was just a priority at that moment. I remember when I was in the country... A couple of years ago, I was privileged to go to the country of France, and uh, we were over there. We were with about forty kids, and uh, we were chaperones on a on an AYC trip, and we went over there. I didn't know in France that when you ate dinner, it wasn't just a thirty minute American dinner. It wasn't. It's not just that way. No, it's about a two to two and a half hour process. And it's course after course after course after course. You sit down and you drink water for about 20 minutes. And then you eat bread that they bring you for about another 20 minutes. And then it's the appetizer before you eat. And then you just have more conversation. And about two hours later, you finally get the entree. And me going over there, I was like, oh, my Lord, what is going on? I just want to eat, you know, eat and go. And just the typical American response here But I just want to just go, go, eat and then I want to leave and no it wasn't that way you learned patience while you were over there you learned you learned a lot of patience because it wasn't just like it over here but but I I, I just had to abide for a while and we've got to remember that sometimes with God abiding is a priority we've got to remember that with God nothing you still with me nothing just happens But rather, all things are working together for the good, for them that love God and are called according to His purpose. The word work together here that Paul uses in this verse means to cooperate or to come together when it's about His purpose. Not mine. Not yours. But all things work together when it's about His plan and His desire and his purpose. And he got to remember, he's forming you and he's molding you. But oftentimes, because of our flesh, we get our priorities mixed up. And we try to get to Bethany to fix the problem in the middle of the molding process. We want to control everything, we want to fix everything. Perhaps it's part of our carnal nature. Perhaps it's part of our humanity. What is it that we just want to go and control things? What is it? Man that you just want to you don't want to use the GPS. You you know where you're going. You know you don't need directions. You know exactly where you're going. In 40 minutes, when you wind up lost, you're thinking, okay, maybe I should, maybe I should use the GPS. Maybe, maybe I need to plug this in my phone. Maybe I need to go here and do that. No, 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 no. We got to remember that sometimes it's not about what we want or we think what should happen, but it's about what he is doing through us. And perhaps the Lord just wants us to abide so that at the end of the day, he alone can get the glory for something we're going through. Hear me, there will be a resurrection at the end of the day. But by definition, the only way a resurrection can take place is something first has to die. How can God intervene and fix the issue if we keep trying to resurrect it? The reality is that We sometimes refuse to let things die that are supposed to die, all because our human nature is to try and control things. We fear the unknown. We get our priorities mixed up, and we try to keep something alive that is supposed to pass on. We try to keep relationships alive. We try to keep thoughts alive. We try to keep dreams alive. We try to keep ambitions alive. When God is saying, you got to let some things die. And this leaves us worn out, tired, emotionally drained, and frustrated, trying to breathe life into bones that only the Spirit can resurrect in God's timing. Jesus' priority wasn't to get to where Lazarus was to save the day, Pastor. His priority was simply to abide and let Lazarus die because he knew a resurrection was coming. Until some things die in our lives and we align our priorities with his priorities and do what God truly values. Until we do that, he can never do a completed work. You're saying to yourself, I I just don't know why it happened. Maybe if I try this, I'll be able to fix it. I don't know why they left. Maybe if I try to get them back, they'll come back. I don't know why the job left. I don't know why the house fell through. I don't know why all of this stuff happened, and you keep on trying, and you keep on trying, and you keep on doing this, and you keep on doing that pouring yourself into it. Hear me, stop trying to control things you don't understand and trying to resurrect things that only God can bring life back into in His own time. Sometimes you just got to learn to abide. There's got to come a point where you have to say, Okay, God, this is in your hands now. And I'm placing it in your hands. And I'm giving you all control of it. Have questions about your life? Trust and abide. Wondering what your future is? Trust and abide. Asking why are some things taking place? Here's your answer. Trust and abide. Timing is everything with God. And time passes, and Jesus finally tells his disciples, let's go into Judea again. His disciples tell him, God, you're crazy. Don't you remember they were trying to stone you there? Don't you remember they were trying to kill you? Why in the world would you want to go back there? His disciples tell him, you're crazy. why would you want to go to the place they were trying to kill you? He tells them because Lazarus is dead. The disciples think that Jesus is going to die by going back. God you're going to die then the disciples say, and they're like, okay, God's going back, should we go with him? And Thomas, the one who gets a bad rap because he doubted one time, Thomas speaks up and says, Let's go, all under the impression they're going to die. They're going to die with him. Thomas speaks up and says, let's go so we can die with him. Everybody else is silent. Everybody else is quiet. But Thomas speaks up, doubting Thomas, and said, let's go with him. At least we can die with him. And they get to Bethany, about two miles from Jerusalem, and they find that Lazarus has already been dead for four days. And Martha, Martha, runs out of the house and comes up to Jesus. Oh, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. My brother wouldn't have died. If you had just come earlier, he'd still be alive. And Jesus looks at her and says, your brother will rise again. Martha, Martha thinking that he's talking about the resurrection, replies, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection with everybody else on that final day. I know, God, that there's going to come a day when all the dead in Christ are going to rise and meet you in the air. I know that day is coming one day and everybody's going to go. Are you looking forward to that day when everybody goes up and meets him in the air and we finally get to shout and sing around the throne? I know that day is coming, God, but... If you would have been here, he'd still be living now. Jesus looks at her and says, hang on, Martha. Because in 1125, he said to her, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, shall yet live. And whosoever believeth in me and liveth in me shall never die. And he asks Mary and Martha, "Where have you laid him?" And he gets to the cave of Lazarus and the Bible says he begins to weep. And he tells them, "Take the stone away." He tells them he tells them you take the stone away. You're the one who put it there. You take it away. And sometimes we've got to do what we can so that God can do what we can't This isn't just I'm going to serve God I get all the benefits and I get all of this and this is going to come no 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 This is God saying sometimes you got to put your put your hands to the plow and you got to straighten your back and you got to say God I'm going to do everything I can to do what I can so you can do what you can't some of you wonder when your miracle's going to come. It's going to come when you start doing what you can do so that God can do what he can do. Some of you are wondering, when is my day going to come? Hey, it's going to come when you make up in your mind. I'm going to do everything I can to see God do a work. I'm going to do everything I shut up to see God do something mighty. And when you do what you can to have revival, and when you do what you can to see God move, that's when God says, okay, I'm going to step in and do what you can't because I'm the only one who Ten Come on, how many want to see God do a mighty work? How many want to see God do something great? God's going to do it when somebody makes up in their mind. I'm walking hand in hand with Jesus. I'm going to do what I can so that God can do what I can't. And Martha tells Jesus after he said, You take the stone away because I'm fixing to do something you can't. And he tells Martha, Take it away. And Martha, Martha, Martha's like the modern-day Karen. She tells him, Lord, but he stinks. He's been dead four days, and already the body is stinking. And Martha, take the stone away. And they take the stone away. And he cries out, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says in verse 44, He that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. I just did something you can't, so here's something else you can do. Loose him and let him go. Now Lazarus is living again because God and God alone has wrought a miracle. Why did he wait four days? Why would he wait four days and simply abide where he was? He waited there two days, but by the time he got there, Lazarus has been dead four days. Why would he wait that long? Because people in that day believed that the soul remained with the body for three days after death. Even the pagans believed that gods could not revive somebody who has been dead for more than three days. It's impossible. It cannot happen. And so God waited until the fourth day and by abiding until Lazarus has been dead for four days. Jesus was demonstrating the power of his miracle. He was showing everybody that he was the resurrection and he was the life. And when he speaks life into something, there is nothing. That can keep it down. When he says it's time. When he says I'm ready. When he says now is the time. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can hinder it. Nothing can keep it in the grave. Nothing can. Woo. He was showing everybody that he was the resurrection and the life. And on the fourth day, when you thought everything was dead, and on the fourth day, when you thought it was impossible, and on the fourth day, when everybody else said it was impossible, God said, I'm going to step in and I'm going to do something nobody else can do. Let me speak a word to this church. There is a fourth day coming. There is a fourth day coming. It may look like it's just the second day. It may look like an impossibility right now. It may look like something's never going to happen. But there is a fourth day coming. There is a fourth day. There is a fourth day coming. Don't you be weary in well-doing. Don't you give up on the first day. Don't you give up on the second day. Don't you give up on the third day. Because there is a fourth day that is coming. And Jesus is going to speak. That which was dead, it's time to live again. That which was impossible now is possible I don't know. I don't know when Corona is going to be over. I don't know when it's all going to end. But I do know there is a fourth day coming. And when that fourth day comes, devil, you'd better watch out because we're coming out on the fourth day more on fire than we've ever been. We're coming out on the fourth day and we're going to baptize more people than have ever been baptized. On the fourth day, we're going to lay hands on more people than we've ever laid hands on, and they're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. On the fourth day, this building's going to be packed. On the fourth day, we're going to have revival. On the fourth day, I don't know when it is, but keep the faith. I don't know when it's coming, but there is a fourth day coming. You don't need to give up now. You don't need to backside now. You don't need to call it quits now. No, there's a fourth day that's coming. Is anybody excited about the fourth day? Is anybody ready for the fourth day? Is anybody preparing your faith for when the fourth day comes? When God shows up. on the 4th day Lazarus is getting he's getting back up on the 4th day Jonah is getting spit out on the 4th day after spending 3 days on the banks of Jordan Israelite is going to cross over into Canaan on the third on the 4th day after 3 days of fasting by Mordecai Esther is finally going to go up and meet the king On the fourth day, Christ is alive and well. Three days, three nights, doesn't matter if he died. All that matters is the fourth day. When he's living with death, God, death is really just the beginning. And I've never preached this message this way that I'm preaching it today. But I feel it for this church so strong. There is a fourth day coming. And when that fourth day comes, you don't need to be caught off guard because there is coming an end time global harvest like the world has never seen before. And God is going to grant us that harvest. And when the fourth day comes, we need to be ready for what God is going to do. And He's going to raise up the dead. He's going to heal the sick. He's going On the fourth day, stand to your feet right now. I feel like I just need to pause here for a minute. Stand to your feet, lift your hands. Come on, there's a fourth day coming. There's a fourth day coming. So God, while I'm waiting for the fourth day, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to stand by the rivers of water. And I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to keep on serving you. I'm going to keep on living for you. I'm going to keep on being faithful. With my tithes and my offering. Hey, there's a fourth day coming. There's a fourth day coming. And I said it before, I believe that it's going to be powerful when it happens, Pastor Locke. In the meantime, let me speak to this church, in the meantime, you've got to stay faithful. When nothing else makes sense, when you don't know what's going on and you don't know what is happening, you've got to stay faithful. You've got to stay faithful to church. You've got to stay faithful to God. You've got to stay faithful to His Word. Because there is a fourth day coming. And when you, all you can do is simply abide. When all you can do is just stay where you are and just keep on doing what you're doing. That is what God is going to honor. Because the purpose is not, it's not for your glory. It's not to advance you. But it's at the end, God said, I'm going to do this so I can get some glory out of it. And where you are, where the country is, where this church is right now, we don't know what God's doing. God's not talking much these days. But our job is simply to abide and trust Him and be faithful. And at the end, there's going to be a resurrection. And God is going to come in on the fourth day. He's going to speak some things that you've been waiting to hear for a long time. He's going to say, Lazarus, you've been dead four days. But this is the fourth day, and it's time to come forth. I feel like God is unfolding his hand in this church, and he's beginning to release some things in this place. Some of you have been praying prayers for years. I, I don't always operate this way. But I be, I know this. Some of you have been praying prayers for years, and you've been waiting for your fourth day for a long time. Like I said, I've never preached this this way before. You've been waiting for years, and you don't. You're wondering. You're questioning God even today. You're saying, God, why am I even doing this? It's been, it's been, it's been years. But God is saying no, because you've been faithful, because. You didn't understand everything. You just chose to be faithful, and you chose to abide where you were. The fourth day is coming, and I'm going to open up my hand, and I'm going to release some things to you. And you're going to see miracles. You're going to see signs, and you're going to see wonders like you've never seen before. You may not understand it on the third day. You may not understand it on the second day may not understand it on the first day, but on the fourth day is when God shows up and says, okay, now is the appointed time, and I'm going to unleash, I feel the prophetic on me a little bit this morning, and I'm going to release some things that you've been waiting for for years. Lift up your hands if you would this morning, everybody in this place. ye ndala la 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 bo roko shata ye ndala la baha. la la bo roko shata ye ba ye ndala la do not be weary and well doing this morning no somebody extends your faith right now say no matter how long if i never see what I was meant to see. God, I'm still gonna believe you. I'm still gonna trust you. I'm still gonna do what I'm supposed to do. Because I'm faithful. Come on, lift your voice right now. Everybody lift your voice. If you're ready for God to do what you cannot, I want you to step into the aisle right now. Come on, God's not done here. God's doing something right now. If you're ready for God to do what you cannot, I want you to step into the aisle. As you're stepping into the aisle, you can make your way down to the front. You can stay in the aisle where you are, but I want you to lift your hands right now. And I want you just to begin to say, I receive it, oh God. I've done everything I know how to do. I've done everything that I can. And now, God, I need you. To step in and do what I can't. Come on, He's still the God of miracles. He's still the God of signs. He's still the God of wonders. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. He can do it right now. He can heal you this morning. He can deliver you this morning. He can save you this morning. Somebody extend your faith right now. Somebody believe. God, I need you. I'm stepping out in faith right now. I'm stepping out and believing that God is going to do a miraculous work. He's doing a miraculous work right now, right now, right now, right now in the name of Jesus
0: Hallelujah. Hey Amen, we prayed for the fourth day for ourselves. Why don't, we, why don't we pray for somebody else for their fourth day? Why don't you let, let God use you and minister to you. And why don't you lay a hand on somebody or, or, or go wrap your arms around them and pray for them that God would encourage them and strengthen them in this time. Come on, let's, let's do this as a body. Come on, we're here for each other. We need each other for this. God, work a work a miracle in my brother, my sister's life. God, help them, God. Strengthen their walk with you, Jesus. Give them a a new heart, a new desire, Jesus. Hallelujah, to consecrate themselves in this time of waiting. Hallelujah, that we remain faithful to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Strengthen us, God, as a body. Touch my brother, my sister. Hallelujah. We rebuke the spirit of fear, spirit of heaviness, hopelessness. God, where your spirit is, there is liberty, there is healing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, let's pray for Him. Let's give God praise and glory. Thank Him for what He's doing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Uh, whatever it is you need from God, he's here today. Let's bind together in faith where two or three are agree in anything, it shall be done for them.
1: Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah,
0: hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. Even when I feel like I'm alone, God, nothing's working. You know where I'm at, God. You know what I'm going through. Hallelujah. Help me to remain faithful to you, Jesus. Hallelujah! 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 Blessed be Your name, Jesus. Blessed be Your name. Hallelujah! 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 Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We've been praying for a long time. Many have been praying longer than I've been praying and you've been praying. Sometimes we just feel like it just we're beating a dead horse sometimes and that's happened, but but God's watching he hasn't forgotten about us he hasn't forgotten about apostolic praise he hasn't forgotten about all the times that we praying and fasting and for, for revival and seeing souls pouring in I, I believe he's heard our prayers and I believe the fourth day is coming I believe it's around the corner and I believe this next year we're going to be seeing greater things than ever before amen and you believe that with me Why don't we worship God? Why don't we give Him some thanks for what He's going to do? Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship You. We thank You, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. But until that time happens, we all have a job to do, and that's just to be faithful. Faithful every, not faithful Sunday, but faithful Monday, faithful Tuesday, faithful Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Because if we do what we do, what we're supposed to do during the week, and man, Sunday's Sunday's going to come no matter what. We can get stronger six days at home than we can on one day and one day at seven, uh, on Sunday. What God is looking for is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Faithful means every single day. Amen. And I believe that if we do that, if we abide where we're at and remain faithful to God in prayer and fasting and the word of God. Amen. God will show up in his time. And be for His glory, right? He doesn't want any of uh, our glory in the way, because we all give it to God. He's gonna do something that we can't do. We c- we can try, but God's gonna do it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, brother Tyler, for that. For brother Sullivan, for the word, <laughs> refreshing, encouraging. Amen. It could be, it could be, it could be eleven o'clock on the third day. The fourth day could be right around the corner. I believe it is. Amen. Amen, God bless you all, thank you for coming encourage one another, amen, and we'll see you, uh, we'll see you Thursday night, Tuesday for prayer, Monday prayer, men, Wednesday prayer, ladies, Thursday, we've got prayer all the time, that's great, right? We need more of it, right? Amen, God bless you all, you're dismissed, we still have bread, if you want to grab bread in the back and take some home for all that gravy left over, God bless you.